Welcome to the CBIA BizCast. I'm your host, Allie Warshavsky, and today on our podcast, we are joined by Sean Peterson at Peasant Orange, if you couldn't tell already. Sean has an extremely interesting story of how he wound up here, and uh, many people don't know that Pez is right here in Connecticut, so we're hoping we bring light to that situation and talk about some of the fun things behind us. So welcome to the BizCast, Sean. You're welcome. Welcome to Pez. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. And and from a lot of the research I was doing, I learned that Pez was actually invented to help people stop smoking. That's correct. Yeah, it was uh, way ahead of its time. This is 1927. You know, so people didn't look at smoking the way they do now and certainly weren't inventing products to uh, be an alternative to that. So Mr. Haas uh, created this brand and uh, was kind of a visionary for his time. And, uh, you know, thankfully that, that product led ultimately to where we're at today. Yeah, something that a lot of kids I know growing up, I was obsessed with which Pez character I could get. So it's right. certainly changed, but it was also developed overseas, correct? That's correct. Yeah, we're, we're an Austrian company. It started in Austria in 1927, came to the U.S. in 1952. And what made the brand settle in Orange, Connecticut, of all places? Well, the... the, the the corny joke that we tell is there's no grape, lemon, or orange, or grape, lemon, or cherry Connecticut, so we had to go to orange. Uh, but the real fact is it's a local resident, Roger Boyd, uh, who has since passed. He was on the Orange Economic Board of Development. He was in Europe on a reverse trade mission trying to work with uh, European companies, encourage them to come uh, to New England, more specifically Connecticut, set up fa factories, manufacturing, things like that. And, uh, he was responsible for a few companies being here, and it was just by happen chance that he met members of the Haas family. They were looking to expand. Um, it created the opportunity to introduce himself and what he was doing to them, and it ultimately created a, a really a lasting friendship between him and the family. And I was lucky enough to, to meet uh, Mr. Boyd a couple of different times. Uh, uh, shortly after I came on board, you know, I'm just such a crazed fan of this stuff, you know, <laughs> and I love the history uh, of this more than anything. And, and I looked him up, you know, because I'm, I'm a Midwest transplant from Kansas City. And when I got to Orange, I'm like, you know, some of these people must be close. And I actually started through the phone book and I found him <laughs> uh, or ultimately found him after talking to several Boyds that had no idea why I was calling them. <laughs> but he was very nice and very interested and said, yes, I would love to come see what you're working on, see the factory again, and I'll share as much as I can with you. And he was awesome. He was such a nice man. Yeah, it's like having an encyclopedia of Pez at your fingertips, Absolutely. Right? These are the people that made it happen at the day. So, you know, it's really, you know, for, you know, somebody that enjoys history, you know, you're talking to the people mm -hmm. that did it and they can explain firsthand how it, how it became. So it was a lot of fun. And now, um, you know, you are him, really. You're the encyclopedia of knowledge around mm -hmm. Pez. And it's funny because the next question I was going to ask you just flashed up on the screen behind you, which is a Jeopardy replay where they're asking right, a right. whole category of yeah. Pez questions. But how did we get this word Pez? Oh, Pez, it, it comes actually from the German word for peppermint, which okay. is pfefferments. <laughs> and it's quite a, quite a long word. Uh, so Mr. Haas used the first, middle, and last letter of the word, which was P-E-Z, came up with a little acronym that was PEZ, and it served two purposes. It was easily pronounceable in just about any language, and it was a trademarkable brand name. So it served two purposes for him. So it was just kind of random, but ultimately from the word peppermint. 
okay, so that makes a lot of sense, right? right. Like popping them in and to stop smoking, right? right. Um, hopefully. Um, so your history with the company is absolutely fascinating. You know, we were just talking. You were at Hallmark. This was a hobby, and right, now you're right, here. Talk right. us through how you became uh, so knowledgeable, and then ultimately landed what I would say might be your dream job, right? Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> uh, no doubt about that. Yeah, just it was a hobby. It was something fun, like everybody. You collect Pez, mm -hmm. and you know, a couple, two or three turns into twenty or thirty, and <laughs> it, it quickly goes from there. And this is. Oh, probably the early 90s right there. I've been doing this a little over 30 years at this point. And um, there was a couple of books that came out that were just kind of basic preliminary. Here's what we know. And this is pre-internet. So it's yep. not, you know, Google this stuff and find information. This is kind of, you know, you're on your own a little bit here. And uh, the person that had done the book said they weren't going to do it again. You know, the, the collection that was used didn't exist mm -hmm. anymore and they had no interest in continuing with this and it got to be one of those things you know if you want it bad enough can you do it yourself and <laughs> you know i never aspired to write a book i never thought i could write a book and i you know i spent uh, the day at barnes and noble and just started picking out books that i liked i thought were cool looking and i started looking to see who the authors were who the the publishers were and making phone calls to people and just explaining you know, I found your book, are you the author? What can you tell me about your experience? What What would you do differently if you had the opportunity? You know, I'm just, this is what I'm looking to do and any advice mm -hmm. you can give me. And people were so nice. You know, once you find the right people, yeah. you know, again, you're talking to people that had, no, this is not the right person, sorry, thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, but once you find the right people, they were so outgoing and, you know, willing to give you information. It, it really uh, created the drive that I want to try to do this. And, and I came up with, you know, this book concept and I hired a professional photographer and we thought we'd be able to knock, you know, the photography piece out in a weekend and that was not even remotely close to what we got. <laughs> I think we ended up working on it almost six months yep. trying to photograph everything and, you know, I started doing the text and everything and putting this together and it was successful, you know, for a niche book that just is so specific about one topic of Pez, you know, how many people is this really going to appeal to? And they sold a phenomenal amount of books, and that led to a second edition and a third edition and some derivative works of that. And they're asking me to do some contributing articles to different things, and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't what I'm doing here. Really, you want me to do this? And it was just really so cool. And through that, just led to different opportunities, ultimately. And it, it connected me to the company after a few years because they were aware of the work, and certainly I approached to let them know this was something I was working on to see if there was any concern mm -hmm. with doing that. And um, so they were giving the book to people that worked here. Just here's kind of a history of what we've done, using it as a little bit of a, a training piece. And, you know, after years of kind of trying to cultivate a relationship, I, you know, had, had this idea of, well, if I got to change jobs, they always say, do what you love. And, yeah. you know, what is that exactly? You know, they've already got Pez and it's established, but what can we do with that? So, you know, really this isn't anything different. It's kind of a template that works for anybody that manufactures. You manufacture, you bring mm -hmm. people in, you offer, you know, some kind of tour or visit, you sell the merchandise, you show them the product and, you know, it, it, it works out. I thought well, that'd be kind of cool. You know, and I knew enough that uh, they didn't have the archival material in storage mm -hmm. or, you know, on hand to do. And that was kind of the hook for me. It's like, you know, I'd like to be the guy to run this, you know, if it's the direction you want to go. And, you know, if you hire me, the collection comes with me and we can use that as the foundation for, you know, the museum. 
and it just took a few years, mm -hmm. uh, quite a few years, but it ultimately worked out. And when I started, this wasn't here. It was dirt and gravel, and we mm -hmm. kind of pushed the, the walls out a little bit and added some new construction and a new idea and concept. And Brighter colors, there. yeah. Brighter colors, yeah, absolutely. And for the first time, we've been able to invite the public, you know, to mm -hmm. see what we do and how we do it. And, um, you know, prior to that, unless you read the tiny little print on the side of your candy pack that, you know, you mm -hmm. saw Orange, Connecticut, there really was no idea that, that we were here. So now we've been able to open the doors and give you a glimpse inside to what happens. And you just mentioned most of this memorabilia, if not all, is yours. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few pe pieces that do belong to the company, like the motorcycle <laughs> over my shoulder. But, you know, the vast majority of, you know, the wow. things on display and on the walls are from my, my personal collection. In a personal question, you know, what drew you to Pez? There's so many things you can collect. People are collecting yeah, Hot Wheels, uh, you know, anything. But Pez, was it for you? You know, what what started that um, hobby? I think initially it was, you know, the colors and the characters and, and really how it worked. It was kind of a nostalgia mm -hmm. sort of thing. You know, I just, I kind of remembered them from, from being a kid. And I was like, well, these are kind of cool. It's bright. It's fun. You know, you know the characters. And... You know, there was mm -hmm. nothing known about it, so it was just kind of a, you know, a, a whimsy sort of thing to, like, I got a couple of these, they're 50 cents, and, you know, you go home, you spent five bucks, and you got a, you know, a few Pez, and then the next time you go, you know, to a flea market or something, let's see if there's something different. Mm -hmm. And then you start talking to people, and there's something I've never seen before. It looks old. How old is this? Tell me about it. You know, it just, it was kind of the, the detective aspect of it, because things weren't so accessible. That's mm -hmm. what really kind of drew me in as well and it's got such a cool backstory too so yeah and it's true that like you know I think oh you just go on eBay or Amazon and look for the one you want but long before that wasn't possible and right. it really was networking the original form oh, of networking. absolutely you know and that collector mentality kicks in and I've still got a lot of the written correspondence from the early mm -hmm. days of you know you write somebody a letter and wait for hopefully a response <laughs> to come back to you you know you're not sending emails yeah. to people it's you know addresses and phone numbers and try mm -hmm. to talk to people on the phone and it, it was it was different you know you'd walk into a store and not know what you're looking for mm -hmm. it's like what what dispensers do they have and you know you'd pick a Saturday and go hit 20 different stores and try to find things and now it's like you're just you're online yeah. and yeah this store has this this one has this here's the UPC for it and it, you know it's just it's different yeah um, but no you know, surprises anymore right, right. Well, that is, um, I, I never thought of it till right now, how collecting has changed right. and how it's a little bit different. You know, I heard, so I'm going to ask you to confirm that billions of pets are consumed annually. Yeah, that, that's about right. I think globally, I think the, the numbers are, are international uh, parent company shares like 7 billion candy, something like that, 5 million dispensers, something oh crazy. Goodness. It just, you know, it, it truly is global. We're in about 60 different countries. Mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, I think United States seems to be a good portion of that. You know, there's a lot more collectors here, but we, we're all over. You know, people know it. And if they don't know the name, you know, you just give them the little thumb motion <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, we, we know that. You know, so. so then how many do you think you eat a year? Oh, <laughs> we're going to drop that way down, way down. You know, it, that's the nice thing about being here. You can, you can have all you want, but, you know, that it, the interest starts to drop pretty, pretty pretty quick. So I try to stick to, like, the new flavors that we're trying or something Ooh. like that. You know, we, we do some of the development. We've got a little press downstairs that we mm -hmm. work on, and we get a sample of some of those early on and you know, so see cool. which one 
One's the best. Backstory, uh, my dad used to work for M&M, so I did get to sample the new ones, and that is exciting yeah. to taste it before it goes on the market, but I do agree with you. Um, up until recently, I never wanted to see an M&M again. Right, they were right, so, yeah, yeah. So readily available. That's changed over mm -hmm. the last few years. I'm back at them, but um, you know, what is the most popular flavor? I think that's up to the individual, you know, year after year, we, we've done some different things. We, we've tried to create some, you know, excitement and different things, but really it comes back to the core flavors. What I mean by that is just, you know, the basic fruits, cherry, grape, mm. lemon, orange, strawberry, you know, one of those year after year, it just hands down, those are the, the continue best sellers, you know, and mm -hmm. we, we got a shout out years ago in Stand By Me, the movie, you yes. know, if he could only have one food for the rest of his life, it was cherry flavored Pez, you know, <laughs> and that, that seemed to be, you know, one, one that stuck, but you know, it's just, it's really up to the individual, but for us, certainly those six flavors are the best sellers. What about you? It changes, you know, some days, <laughs> I, you know, a little sour candy's good, mm. you know, you get the mm. sour pineapple, which, you know, people are like, what? I but didn't even it, know that one existed. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. You know, the sour green apple, you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, just go basic grape or cherry. Can't go wrong. I know. I love how they're so little, too, so you don't feel guilty after popping a Pez. You can You're eat like, a whole roll. 35 <laughs> calories, 12 tablets, you know, you're buzzed on sugar. You got a little little excitement and uh, you didn't really do anything bad. So. I was going to ask you how many calories are in them now I know. What is the weirdest flavor you think you guys have come up with? Oh there's been some stuff over the years for sure without a doubt. Um, probably the 1960s was, <laughs> was interesting. They did chlorophyll, uh, they did a flower flavor and not like you know F-L-O-U-R, F-L-O-W-E-R mm -hmm. and that was with the psychedelic dispensers and that was, um, <laughs> Makes you sense, know, I'd yep. have loved to have been in on those meetings, you know, <laughs> when somebody was deciding what we're going to do with that, you know, I think they probably was using the word man, man, I got a good idea, <laughs> you know, let's do some flower flavor candy, you know, and it, it's extremely rare these days, you know, even from a collector's standpoint, you know, you find some of these things that exist, but you know, that that's one of the harder flavors out there. Oh, so it's still it's like someone might actually still have a packet. They of might it. still have it. Yeah, might it's be a little amazing stale. where this stuff ends <laughs> up, and that, that's you know the 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 joy and excitement from a collecting standpoint is trying to find people that have these things still, you know, squirreled away in the attic or you know in drawers or you know whatnot, and, mm -hmm. you know, find things. I know. I'm regretting now. I just think of when my parents moved. We had that drawer there. There probably right, were right, a few yeah. best dispensers mm -hmm. in there. You know, when did those dispensers? We talked a lot about the candy, but but the dispenser is, is really what draws a lot of people to collect them. When did they start becoming like people, or I shouldn't say people, probably characters? Sure. Yeah, the, you can look, uh, the dispenser was developed in the late 1940s. So 1949, it just, it didn't have a character head. It was just a little thumb grip and it was still marketed to adults. It wasn't until the introduction to the United States, which was 52, they tried to still market and sell as they had throughout the rest of the world and it, it really didn't do as well. So, you know, the, the good thing about that sometimes, it kind of creates you to do a little shift in your marketing and in your thinking. And they decided, you know, let's let's go from peppermint because that was the mm -hmm. primary flavor at the time, and kids really don't like peppermint, mm -hmm. those strong flavors. So they introduced the fruit flavors. Let's put a little dimensional cartoon character head on top of this dispenser base and, and kind of shift it to a, a you know a younger market. And and it was that that gave Pez you know the excitement and the the longevity that that we enjoy today. And what is the most popular? Um, I guess. What would you call it? Do you call it just dispenser? I guess it's a proper term. Yeah. 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 With the post popular. 
hands down year after year it's Santa. Yeah, you know, it, it's you he's know, pretty jolly guy. He's pretty jolly. We, we've done many iterations of Santa over the years, so we get to decide what Santa looks like. Oh. You know, as far as a Pez dispenser every year, and uh, it, it's such a big holiday because everybody's had one in their stocking or something like yeah. that. You know, it's oh, just an easy nostalgia. You're stuff right. Where, yeah, I yeah, used to so. get those in my stocking, and so that's so interesting. Every year, you guys are developing a new one. So it's not, not the every year Santa, necessarily. Usually we're on a, on a, a, a bi-yearly cycle okay. every two years. You know, try to get a little little use out of it, and then you introduce something new, and you know mm -hmm. we keep it balanced with you know the other seasons. So there's always something new yeah. every year. It might be Easter, Christmas, Halloween, Valentine's Day, something like that. So um, I'm always working on something. So you get the input on it, right? Sometimes, yeah, oh, yeah. We get so to talk cool. about what they what they look like, or what would be a good uh, ancillary character for some of the mm -hmm. seasons, or things like that. So Santa is the most popular. Is there one that's like the most desired or expensive from a certain year that just kind of went viral and collectors are after it still? Oh, there's there's some stuff with great backstories to it, you know, uh, some rarities, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a press release downstairs on, on one of the displays from 1962 when President Kennedy visited mm -hmm. Austria. You know, his parent company is yep. from Austria, so they wanted to provide a gift. So they created this little set of three dispensers with a political donkey, <laughs> um, a golden glow, which was a regular mm -hmm. uh, that didn't have the character head, and a bozo, uh, the clown dispenser for Caroline at the time, and presented it to him. And uh, we've got the press release, the photo, but to date that set, nobody knows whatever happened to it oh, so you know wow. that's probably ultimately one of the, you know if that was to ever turn up mm -hmm. and I, I've done a little bit of due diligence trying to track it down you know and nobody seems to know what's ever happened to it, it it's not in the, the Kennedy library mm -hmm. um, you know some of the people I've talked to there you know I've found documents related to it but it indicates that it was returned to sender and you know the only thing that we can mm. Uh, surmise is likely it you know had a consumable it came with candy so they're not going to offer a sitting president something consumable that oh, that's came true. from the outside so it was like thank mm. you but we can't accept and you know it went back but you know some of the you know Kennedy historians that I've talked to said for all we know it could have been handed to you know one of the secret service guys for you know this take kid. this home to your kids oh. or something like that and uh, one of the donkeys did show up um, <laughs> few years after after we started and opened this somebody contacted me through email and mm -hmm. said you know I've got a bunch of Pez dispensers from my grandfather and I can't find anything about this one and he attached a picture and I was like oh my <laughs> god you know this is one of those things that everybody hopes for it's like yeah. it's the rarity there was mm -hmm. only one known at this time and this guy's got number two mm -hmm. and so we invited him to come in and he told the story and his grandfather used to do bookkeeping for Pez back in the day wow. and got it from the former vice president and you know, his mother, you know, he brought the whole family and they're oh. like, he's telling us this thing might be worth more than $10,000. We think he's crazy and we wanted to come down and hear it firsthand and blah, blah, blah. And it was just such a cool story. And they let us put it on display here for probably about six months or so. And mm -hmm. we did a number of press releases and he ultimately sold it. And I think he got close to $20,000 wow. for it. So, Did you, uh, do you know who has it now? I do. I was yeah, going to say, I yeah. bet you're keeping tabs on yeah. where that donkey yeah. goes. <laughs> yeah, you know, and they were nice enough to offer it to us, you know, as, as part of the collection, but that was that was a little deep for, for me. So now we'll pivot to what is actually produced here, right? You guys are manufacturing 
the candy and the dispensers next door? No, just the candy. Just the candy, yeah, the okay. Ca the candies are brought in, or the dispensers, I should say, are brought in from overseas. Okay. We manufacture the candy, package, and distribute from here. So we've got all of the corporate offices. We've got mm -hmm. manufacturing, warehousing, distribution, things like that here. So how many people are working on the other side of the building? It varies. Uh, it, it really does. It depends on time of year, the mm -hmm. season, what's going on. It, it's you know quite a number of people. We've got everybody from our CEO, mm -hmm. marketing, finance, accounting. You know the graphics, the creative mm -hmm. people. You know our IT support. You know we've got the retail operation, production, warehousing. It just it runs the gamut. Yeah, it's quite a quite, quite a, number a big of number. Yeah. Do you have a ballpark like a like a couple hundred? I don't know. It, it like I said, it changes. I hate to okay. speculate yeah, when I yeah. don't get involved. I know I know my little side. You know for the retail, we've yeah. got you know some full-timers and, and things like mm -hmm. that, but I, I hate to speculate on what we do. But it is a manufacturing floor. How did COVID impact you guys? It was tough. I mean, mm -hmm. it was tough all the way around. We, we closed the visitor center. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the retail piece, and we fell kind of into yeah. the museum uh, realm of what it was. So we, we were closed for a few months, and, and that was tough. But, you know, really the saving grace for us was we do have an online presence. You know, mm -hmm. we've got a uh, store on our website that people can go to and and you know those of us that were full-time and even a couple of the part-timers initially you know that's that's what we did all day and you know our online store did things that had never <laughs> done before so thank you if you ordered you know from pez.com um, it, it really kept us going and you know we've, we've managed to, to kind of continue that ever since you know mm -hmm. I think people just remembered Opez oh, is still around and we can get them and how convenient is this we can buy pretty much anything you have and have it sent right to our door. Pretty positive pick-me-up, too, during some of those Absolutely, dark times. Absolutely, yeah, and, and not an expensive thing <laughs> mm -hmm. by any means. You know, for you know, $1.99, you get a fun little colorful character mm -hmm. dispenser and some candy and whatnot, so yeah. And how much uh, of the candy is produced here? All of it, yeah. We do all of the candy all for the it, entire okay. United States wow. and Canada from this building. So it, it gets to be a lot. <laughs> you know, it, it's, you know, when you look at the outside of the building, we've got a big silo on the front of the building. It holds 70,000 pounds of sugar at a time. Uh, we uh, we go through about 100,000 pounds a week on average, which is like, you know, those big tanker trucks you see. Mm -hmm. We average maybe two of those a week that they, they bring in. And it whatever that math works out to, it's like 12 million tablets a day. Oh my get created goodness. out there so you know if there's 12 in a roll it's you know on average you're working somewhere around a million rolls of candy a million so, rolls and yeah. did production slow for the candy side at all during covid because you said obviously your online business was doing pretty good right yeah it, it did it slowed yeah. you know there, there's supply chain issues yeah, that we're still true. dealing with Ugh. and i think we'll probably continue for a while um, you know, you've got the, the challenge of getting people spread out and, mm -hmm. and working in different areas and things. And it, it's certainly changed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, retailers weren't taking orders that they had. You know, just everybody's kind of mm -hmm. just looking at each other and what, what do we do? And not just here, but, you know, around yeah. every business, you know, I think it just affected everybody in some aspect or another. So um, we're, I think, starting to slowly get back to what mm -hmm. we would call normal, but I don't think we're quite there yet. Yeah, the supply chain issues is tough because I'm sure it also affects no matter if you can get the sugar here, you might not be able to get all the dispensers made elsewhere. Right, right mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. With, with China still being in a lot of the lockdown, you know, we've got three different manufacturing mm -hmm. points for us now. We've got Hungary, Vietnam, China, you know, so we've got different 
dispensers in different places, okay. but still anytime, you know, just transport here in general sometimes is taking longer and certainly things are more expensive. And, mm -hmm. you know, I just, I hear some of the woes of, you know, talking to other yeah. people in other departments yeah. and it, it's tough, you know, and, and we see that through, you know, people that come here and mm -hmm. it's, you know, visits aren't what they used to be quite yet. We're getting there though. Yeah. I'm really pleased. We had a very nice spring break recently, so I'm optimistic mm -hmm. summer's going to be nice. And I think we're, we're on the way up on a, on a good rebound. I mean, it's so fascinating as someone who's a first time here now, I'm like, going to want to tell my friends because it is just so like colorful and happy and interesting. That was going to be my next question is, you know, what type of visitor does this place bring? Is it bringing in people from out of state? Um, you know, I know obviously you had come at right. one point, you were living in the Midwest. Right, right. Yeah. And, and that's interesting because I don't know, probably a year or two into doing this, we had, you know, some, some television and interest and people wanted to do it. And one of the questions I kept getting was, where are people coming from? And I wasn't quite sure. <laughs> so I actually put, uh, you know, the old fashioned map. world map on the wall <laughs> down in the, the lobby. And, you know, it's got the United States and then it's got the rest of the world right above it. And it was like, you know, tell us where you're from, sign our guest book. And, you know, we'll give you a little dot to put on the map. And in that first year, I was really kind of taken back, but we had visitors from all 50 states and 50 different countries in that first year. So it's not wow. just people from out of state, it's people from out of the country and it, it's I think most of the people that walk in here were not expecting to be here that day <laughs> you know it, they saw the sign on the highway they saw the billboard and they're like what Pez and I you know, know next exit let's go and you know we're right off the exit it's super convenient when when you're traveling we're right on the major artery of 95 here mm -hmm. so millions of people pass within a mile here every day they see the sign it's bright it's fun it's colorful let's go check that out and I tell you the the nightmare that is traffic in New England say, is you. in our favor. So I can't tell you how They're... many people we have had that are stuck in traffic and have been for hours and they hit that exit and go, we just wanted to stretch the legs and take a break from sitting in traffic all day. And, uh, you know, it's, they come in and they had a good time for a while and got some candy and back out they go to where they were. That is so funny because um, I won't tell our legislative team that as they work to improve traffic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you can create that <laughs> bottleneck around exit 41, it's just open keep pez, a small, but, like yeah, yeah, just like a little half hour. People just are getting restless. You know, do you have a chance to? Obviously, you're extremely busy, but these some of the people that are coming. Has this like? Do they have like a tour of Connecticut while they're on the East Coast? Or like, all right, I'm gonna knock off Pez, uh, some other landmarks in the area. Yeah, we we usually ask. You know, it's one of the things we tell staff: just be conversational with yeah. people, find out what they're doing, what brought them in. You know, they're they're looking at at the area. You know, they're visiting New Haven. They mm -hmm. want to go uh, to the hamburger place, get the oh, first, yeah. you know, Louis lunch, lunch. I think yep. down there. They want to mm -hmm. go eat pizza down. You know, everybody. That was everybody <laughs> when I dessert. moved here. They're like, go eat pizza, go eat pizza <laughs> down there. You know, it's like the little triangle of pizza down in New Haven. That's you know phenomenal and. Um, you know, so they're checking all that out. There's a couple of great aquariums mm -hmm. that they're visiting, you know, the Mystic Seaport up there, you know, so I hear a lot of this stuff, a lot of casino visitors, you yeah. know, that's not too far. So, you know, there's enough stuff along Before through here that people can, you know, do little hop skips and jumps and, yeah. and, and make a certainly a nice weekend or day of, of wherever it is they're going. Certainly a good pitch for that low calorie dessert after all that Absolutely. New Haven pizza, right? right, right. <laughs> it won't weigh you down. Mm -hmm. In speaking of like businesses in Connecticut and, you know, we, it, jokingly that traffic helps you, but what could make it even better for you to continue to thrive as a business in Connecticut? Oh man, you know, it, it, 
ease up a little bit on some of the regulations. <laughs> you know, I, I hear from, you know, I work fairly close with our HR because we do, uh, you know, bring in a number of part-time staff mm -hmm. and things like that. I've got my full-time group, but we do summer hirings and, you yes. know, things like this. And just the, she's always, you know, the regulations, the regulations, you know, just it's, it really makes for a tough mm -hmm. business environment in that. There was something this week, I, I think it was on uh, one of the radio broadcasts I was yeah. listening to. It just, you know, they were talking about, you know, new legislation that was passed again and you know it, it changes what you listen to after a while when you start to realize how some of this mm -hmm. stuff is really affecting you and uh, yeah just ease up a bit on that yeah. that would be nice especially when you've got the perspective of coming from you know mm -hmm. another part of the country and it was a little easier it seemed sometimes so yeah the higher are you guys dealing with a labor shortage at all a lot of businesses are yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah. It, it's a dramatic decline in, in the number of people that are applying for open positions that we have. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't know what to attribute that to. I think, you know, certainly we're competing with ultimately everybody, yep. you know, uh, but, you know, I think maybe people are being more selective in what they want to do. Um, I think one thing that we have going for us, you know, it's just, it, it is a fun work environment, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, certainly that, that is a piece of it, but, you know, the, the hours that, that we offer, at least on, on, on this side of the yeah. building, I mean, it's, it's perfect. You know, we've got like an 11 to 4 business operation here. So it's just, it's right in the middle. We mm -hmm. don't do early. We don't do late. It's mm -hmm. just kind of right in the middle of the day. So I think we, you know, from that standpoint, I think we've got a pretty good uh, mm -hmm. thing to offer, you know, some of the people that are mm -hmm. looking for, you know, something different. And, you know, it, it is, you know, we've got you guys visiting today. Oh, so there's always fun I'm things coming up that mm -hmm. comes. Uh, you never know who's going to walk in. You, <laughs> right? you never know who's visiting, you know, things like that. So it, it's always fun. In terms of, um, that was going to be my last question, but then you just said in terms of you never know who's going to walk in. Has anyone walked in here that surprised you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it just, you know, it, some people, you know, that I know, there's been a couple of comedians that, yeah. you know, I'm like, Oh my God, that's such and such, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, nobody would recognize them probably, or I shouldn't say that because that's not fair. But, uh, you know, I did. I thought that was pretty cool. We've had a couple of musicians. I think John Ratzenberger, mm -hmm. if you know the name, he's been in every Toy Story movie as a voice. Yeah. He was Ugh. Cliff Clavin on Cheers. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, it just... He's such a you know iconic actor and just comes walking in one day and looking it's like, at your Pez collection. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, and, and just such a nice guy. And he mm -hmm. and turns out he's local and mm -hmm. you know wanted to do something with Pez. He was looking to buy dispensers for voices of characters that he did. And That's you know so we've got cool. a display over here that we ultimately created. Uh, you know, three of one for him, one for our CEO, and one for uh, uh, for Disney. You know, is how uh, big that went. But I mean, it just. How cool is that? You know, and, and I'm getting to be the old guy here. So, you know, some of the some of the staff, you know, they're they're early college, mm -hmm. high school, you know, stuff like that. And there's been a couple people come in. I'm like, and they're like, oh my god, it's yeah. like, some Who? famous TikTok influence. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, who's that? And they're like, it's like, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that is awesome. Um, so while we're recording, it is the last day of legislative session and a group of kids, you know, they were really pushing for the state candy to be right, the lollipop. Right. Legislators did mention Pez. Ultimately, they voted on the lollipop. How are you feeling right now? Oh, I'm disappointed. We're disappointed. But, you know, I, th I think, you know, it, it's the... You know, I think in, in reading a little bit of the backstory, because I, you know, I was like, well, what about Pez? I mean, we've, <laughs> we've been here since 1972, certainly, uh, you know, quite some time. But I think there's something with the brand name, the mm -hmm. brand aspect of it that 
kind of prevented it from consideration. So it's a fair enough reason, you know, you can't okay. fault anybody for that. So you go with the generic lollipop and, and you know, you dig into that a little bit. And I hear it was invented here. So, you know, <laughs> probably, you know, maybe okay, but come on, Pez, we got our own road. So, you know, maybe we can get, you know, something else down the road. Next year, we'll think Next about year, it. Next year, yeah, maybe it'll be a rolling honorary yeah, type thing. <laughs> well, thank you so much for making the time and space for us to speak with you. You're welcome, anytime. And if you're interested in listening to any of our other BizCasts, you can do so on Apple, YouTube, and for more episodes, you can also head to CBIA.com.